guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast. This is the first episode of season four and um, I can't believe we made it. It took us like mm, an hour to try to figure out how to set this up because we have moved again. Um, if you are a frequent listener or a viewer because there's a visual to this, you know that this is a different color backdrop. Same backdrop, different color. It got painted. Um, it is no longer cranapple cream. I actually don't know what this is. I think it's called rugged tan. Uh, also, I keep saying we, we as in Lena and I, my co-producer, she's on the mic in the back. Hi, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast. We're so excited to finally be here. It's been a long journey. It's been six months. Um, and I want to apologize because I did take a hiatus and originally it was supposed to be like, like three months max you know I take a break in between seasons but it lasted a little bit longer uh than expected because life kind of turned into a series of unfortunate events a lot happened I'll get to that in the BTS segment um but I just wanted to say you know introduce it hello thank you for joining me again um and yeah I'm excited I'm I, I just feel like I'm in a different place in my life all of a sudden <laughs> not all of a sudden it's been half a year but um I just yeah I I needed some time to um, gather my thoughts, figure out my life a little bit, and we're here now. So uh, let's just kind of get into it. Uh, if you're new here, there's three segments on this podcast. The first one is BTS, where we recap my past week. The second one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a new or different perspective. And the third segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems so let's get straight to uh bts also by the way before i start with the segments if you are watching this visually i'm so sorry because i actually don't really know what it looks like um we've had we had a couple of difficult uh rounds of lighting in here we're still trying to get adjusted to this new space and i don't have it up on the big screen so lena and i are just kind of winging it because we didn't want to keep pushing it back and we didn't have time to test it out we just wanted to release it so Visually, if it's not what you're used to, I'm sorry. Hopefully, I still look good, but I'm not sure what's going on here. So yeah, let's get into it, BTS. So typically, this is where I recap my last week, but because I took this hiatus, I'm just going to recap you know, a few things that have happened the past few months since I have been um, gone. So uh, yeah, my intention originally was to take a short break, obviously with the pandemic. I talked about this a few times. I had a lot of anxiety, um, you know, and then and the protests and everything that was happening at the end of May, beginning of June. There was just there was just a lot going on. The energy was very heavy. Um, I felt really personal, heavy energy in my life. So I just felt like I wasn't in the you know, space or place to produce. So I decided to take a couple of months off um, and that turned into six months because when I was getting ready to come back, my grandmother passed, um, the one that raised my sister and I. She lived here in Los Angeles with us, and that kind of hit us pretty hard. Um, shortly after, my five-year relationship came to an end, um, and that was in September, and that was also you know, a little bit difficult because we were living together, so we had to figure out that situation. And right after that, my other grandmother in Armenia passed, um, and that was just... Uh, it, it was just something else, like another thing piled on. And my grandmother in Armenia, fortunately, you know, we couldn't go to the funeral. 
um, everything that's going on in Armenia now. Uh, I, the war came to an end in the in the neighboring region of Artsakh, but we were too scared to go to the funeral because, you know, it, first of all, COVID, but second, like there's a war going on right next door. Um, and so we didn't get a chance to attend the funeral and say goodbye to her. That was really hard on my family as well. Um, and I have family that has been affected by that war. So it's just been a lot for myself and my family. So I just needed to take some time off. I had to move and it's just been a lot. A series of unfortunate events is just the, I don't know, it's the, mm, it is the, what is it? Like the only way I can really put it. I can't really go too much into detail because I want to, I'm still processing a lot of it. So I want to give you guys a good podcast episode with all of that once I fully process everything that's happened. So I'm not going to put too much focus on it, but I just wanted to tell you guys that, you know, we're back and, you know, we were gone for a while, but that I just really needed some time to get my shit together. You feel me, Lena? I do. I think I also kind of want to say like you're from a different perspective, like you wouldn't be able to see this, but from someone that's around you, a lot Mm -hmm. that like you handled it all like very well. And I think it was like a big like time of like growth and just, you know, strengthening like your relationship with God, like how, like, you know what I mean? We always talk about this, but just like having like both your grandmother's past in such a short period of time and like you and your family like handled it very well. And of course it's like very difficult, but you still like your strength just shine through. And so I kind of just wanted to say that to you thanks girl thanks I just be trying to keep going but you know sometimes you have a moment where you're like what is happening in life why is all of this happening but yeah I think like kind of I was just gonna say like what you've talked about on past seasons was really like put into like action in this like hiatus you kind of took just Mm -hmm. like taking everything even you know what I mean and trying to find like the good in it or what was like the lesson or what experience you were supposed to have like to like in you know situation. further your life yeah. yeah and all of the, the the things so I think it's interesting I actually just realized it now but like a lot of the topics you spoke about on past seasons mm-hmm. is really what carried you through your hiatus yeah exactly I, I think I you know it's easy to kind of get into a situation where you're asking why again mm-hmm. why this now this what is you know what's happening in my life but I think that we have to remind ourselves that nothing um, happens by mistake. Everything happens the way it's supposed to. Everything happens for a reason. So um, I think that once we accept that, we can really get through situations better, quicker, be wiser, be more aware, um, and just accept things for what they are. I think a lot of people have a hard time getting past situations, and especially when everything happens at once, is because they haven't accepted things yet and with that that's like the first step you know it's accepting what's happening and then kind of going through the healing process so um I think for me why I have been kind of even though it has been a lot at the same time I've accepted everything that's happened one by one and as that as it happens I just kind of try to heal but it, it is hard to get over one situation when with another one starting you know what I mean like yeah. it's hard to get over a grandmother's death when you just and then all of a sudden you're going through a breakup and as you're going through the breakup someone else passes it's just like a lot so um just giving yourself time to heal and um you know it, it takes a while so I'm just reminding myself of that it's just be patient with myself because I still have days where you know I kind of go back into like why yeah I think also like you don't really realize like the sequence of events until like way later like mm-hmm. even like years later your like reflection and just like realizing why all those things happened at the same time and like what it 
propelled you to do so yeah that's true good point yeah you smart um i think one of the hardest things was trying to get back into alignment so once you take so much time off and also once a lot of things happen and you start questioning everything it's hard to just kind of you know get off track um and i'm going to talk about this in another episode i really want to talk about distractions because i i distracted myself a lot and i wouldn't say it in a great way but i did need it so getting back into alignment was very difficult for me um and yeah so i'm i feel like this is the first step i'm here now so we're kind of slowly getting back into it. I thought about waiting until the new year, but you know what I thought about? I was like, why wait till January to like start my podcast again? Why don't I just do it now so that I'm not one of those people that's like January 1st, getting my life together. No, like let's get my life together in December so that January 1st, I'm already ahead and I'm kind of, you know, motivated and keep going, not getting motivated in January. So actually the first episode <laughs> is going to be released on November 30th. Yeah, there it is. There it is. You're right. Not December now 1st. She has to, we have to hold to that date. Oh, girl. Yeah. Not that I just said it. Yeah. Damn. November 30th. Good morning. Yeah. Shit. Um, so yeah, that's that's my life as of now. And I know I'm not giving you guys too much information. I know people have been already DMing me and asking me questions because some of you guys are like low-key feds and I love it. So um, I will I will get into it. I, I know that Oh my it's... God, wait, I have to divert for a second. Mm-hmm. So Milana's like, oh, I love it that you guys are low-key feds. It's She loves that because she's a low-key oh, fed. Oh, I'm a fucking fed. So like, like what do you one need? of my friends, he like disappeared <laughs> during the pandemic and like during COVID. And I was like, he's not responding like not on Instagram mm-hmm. like nowhere to be found and I was like and Milana knows him and I'll just not say his name just for the sake of I don't know well I'm gonna shout him out after Go oh ahead. okay whatever I'll say <laughs> anyways well because I was like confused about the show but the show's already out so mm-hmm. anyways I was like what I think like well god forbid like what if he died what if something happened to him like he doesn't have family here like he's not from here like yeah he moved here and like I like kind of kept it to myself for a bit. And then I was like telling Milana and she was like, just wait, give me a second. So she goes like typing on her computer or whatever, like looking him up. And then like the first thing she finds is, is his name and the bachelor. So he like went on the bachelor and it apparently, took me 30 seconds. Yeah. It took her, but really, it's not, that's not how I did it. Oh, and oh yeah. Yeah. And, I went on his Instagram yeah. and I was like, he's not answering you. Let me see the last time he posted something a lot. Yeah. I go look on his picture. She's like, he hasn't posted anything in forever. I'm like, you got to read the comments. Cause like, God forbid if something happens to someone, people are quickly like, miss you, bro. You know, like, yeah. you know, so I, I, I go look and, it, and it's like, can't wait to see you on the bachelor. I said, oh, hell no. It was like one comment. So I was like, is this a joke or is this for real? I go and Google his name and bachelor and there it is. There's an article and he's one of the first people on the season. And I was like, oh, girl, he's on the bachelor. He can't be on his phone. No big deal. He's yeah, like, ignoring know. you. Nothing happened to him. I, I didn't know that you couldn't like have your phone. Yeah, I like I, I guess I knew that, but I didn't really think of that. Like when you're on like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Survivor, but that's a whole different. <laughs> so, well, this is kind of like Survivor. Yeah. You got to survive and make yeah. it to the end and, you know, get I, your yeah, bitch. I didn't know you had, anyways, yeah. So girl. this show is out. Go watch Easy on The Bachelor. Shout out Easy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, yes, I am great at it. Um, I don't love to use my skills very often yeah, because this when one you, was... once you go looking, you know, we find things we're not really need to find and this just... one was for a good cause, but this was for a good cause. So yes, I love that you guys are feds cause I am also one. Um, and, uh, I will give you all of the details. I promise. Um, and I'm, re- I'm, I'm referring to my relationship cause I think that's what you guys are being feds about. So We'll get to it. I just need some time. Um, but it hasn't been all bad during this hiatus. I read a lot. I am, you know, I am 
two books away from finishing 20 books this year. That's a big deal. Remember last year we read seven, I think, five with the book club, two on my own. So I, um, that's been good. I caught up on pretty much all of my reality TV. Uh, I took two trips to Palm Springs. <laughs> Great. And that's I went to Cabo. Back. Oh, and I turned 30. <laughs> Crickets. I have nothing to say because I still haven't processed that yet. I don't, yeah. I'm I don't, about to cry. Oh my God, you're so dramatic. Um, I don't like even think of you as like 30. I don't know why. It's just Is it because I'm short? Yeah, maybe. Wow. <laughs> yes, I don't think of myself as 30 either, but my yeah. mom reminds me every day. Really? So, yes. You're 30 <laughs> and single. Okay. No babies. I'm like, yeah, I for, thank you for reminding me that I have just turned 30 and life just went to shit in a matter of five minutes. So um, anyway. I thought it was almost, yeah. I was going to say, you almost went to Palm Springs. You almost went to, uh, never Palm mind. Palm Springs three times? three times? Yeah, almost. Oh my God, that would have been hell. Actually, I don't want to go back there for a while. Like two times in two months was enough for me. Um, but something, well, there is something else that happened that I am a little bit distraught about and I'm just coming to terms with. Um, I gained some weight. I'm rolling my eyes. In support. I, <laughs> I am rolling my eyes in support. I didn't gain some weight. I gained 15 pounds. Now, before people start talking about like, oh my God, 15 pounds, you and I are not the same. I am a uh, short person, okay? And 15 pounds on me is probably 30 pounds on someone of a taller or more average size. You can tell that a bitch gained 15 pounds like this. And I'm tired of people trying to be like, oh, you look good. Like, I gained 50 pounds. It's the hard truth. So now what are we going to do to fix it? This is how I found out I gained 15 pounds. During quarantine, I was cooking away, being a chef. I told you guys, making my lasagnas two, three, four, five times around. Made banana bread with Lola. Banana breads. I was doing munchies, wine every night, pancakes. I was doing all of the things, okay? And because I was doing all of the things, my uh, all of the weights came on my body, okay? And I didn't even realize it. Nobody told me. My ex didn't tell me. My family didn't tell me. I was visiting my parents and I saw a scale in their house. I don't have a scale in my apartment. So I went and I stepped on the scale and I said, 125 <laughs> this can't be right i got off i said lola weigh yourself she was her correct weight 125 you have to tell people what your normal weight is because again yes. i'm sorry for the average person like that's really low my average, average weight is 110 to 112 max okay i fluctuate those two pounds maximum 112 125 and i was like but Okay, I mean, like, I did try on a pair of pants the other day and didn't fit. So I thought I gained, like, maybe five pounds. Remember, quarantine. We're not wearing regular clothes. I'm not going anywhere. And I was barely working out. So I was, like, 15 pounds. And I looked at my dad and I was, like, Dad, I gained 15 pounds. And he goes, I know. <laughs> it's here. It's all here. My fucking face. And I started looking at myself. I was, like, oh, my God. Like, nobody told me. And so I started freaking the fuck out because. Who did you call? <laughs> you. And what did I say? I said, Lena, I am my pregnancy weight without the baby. <laughs> yeah. 125 has always been my pregnancy weight. I said to myself, when you are planning on having a baby, you are going to lose weight. You're going to go down to about 105. And then you're going to try to get pregnant so that when you're pregnant at your max, you gain like 20 pounds, maybe 25. And you're looking at about 125. This was my goal for my pregnancy weight. I am at my pregnancy weight with no child. 
with no baby, with no pregnancy. That is problematic for someone who's five feet tall, okay? So I was freaking the fuck out. Orange Theory was closed. I started going to a trainer with Lena, which was great. Shout out to Tony. However, weight training, taking my fat, making into muscle, making me look thicker, okay? Not really losing weight. And I have a problem with food and self-control. I just eat, eat, eat. So finally, Orange Theory opened. Lena and I have been going. It's open for now. I know this stay-at-home order might be real, and they might close it again, and I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm crying. She really is going to cry, I cried yesterday when I was talking to somebody about it, saying, oh, my God, if Orange Theory closes, what am I going to do? And tears started coming out of my eyes. Because I've been going there, and I already lost, like, about five pounds. Yeah, it's it's really good. And it's it's actually outside. It's it's really nice. It's, it's so an, safe. Yeah, it is really safe. They're all like all the stations are six feet apart, but it's also like therapeutic. I mean, like we both go like I really like we both really like it. But yeah, if they close, it's going to be a sad story. Yeah. Again. So we've been going to our trainer and to Orange Theory. And if you need a workout regimen, just hit us up. Yeah, like, we're I'm good. serious. Like yeah. we know like what to do, yes. what not to do, how to. I mean, we figured it out for a while. We both like I think working out like we like both like to work out in the morning we both like the same type of workout so and it's good like it's like your workout buddy like motivation yeah it's like it's, if i don't see at orange starbuck where you at girl yeah so, yeah so it's and like kind of trying to find a balance between like enough like strength training and cardio just from our experience over the years yeah and just losing the fucking weight five pounds down she looks great i actually have one thing to say there was one I'm going to say, like, quote-unquote warning sign. So, like, in the... Oh, yeah. so, bitch, you had a warning sign <laughs> no, no, about no, my weight gain. No, it's not have anything to me. do with me. So, when we were filming for Iris, I think it was, like, maybe in, like, January or February. Mm-hmm. I would say February. She was like, oh, like, Milana, like, damn, like, your ass is looking good. Like, people have been, like... Milana's short and... But she's curvy, so she's not just like. But I always had an ass. Yeah, she. Yeah, I'm not. No disrespect. But as of recent. Yeah. No, it's like got really big. So Iris was like, "Damn!" And like, so that was her warning sign. Like, I mean, but I like, and you also have to remember with like body image and like this could be a whole other topic. But like, you have to be like what makes you comfortable. Like I like she keep she kept asking me for my opinion. Like I liked her more curvy with like a big ass, like a thick legs like she has like big thighs but yeah like it's too much it's just, and too i get short. it and you have to like and there's a middle ground in what like and whatever and you may look at a picture of yourself and like mm-hmm. really not like it but someone's like wow you look really good my so middle ground yeah you is, have to just do what's best for you i'm willing to live at 112 114 oh look at her she gave herself like two pounds two to four pounds i'm willing to live there um i have about six pounds to go to be there but it depends what I ate that day. So maybe tomorrow yeah. I'll have eight pounds to fucking go. And I, I just, don't know. The one, I would say like the one benefit of this is that like when you, like this is what I learned in working out, but like when you gain weight um, and you gain like fat and muscle and then you, it's called like cutting and then you lose weight, you're like find yourself like your look fit and tone, but you're, you have a little bit more muscle. So you're like more curvy or whatever. So there is like a benefit, but it's difficult and it's like hard work because like now you've gained muscle. So anyways, the point of this is that I like thick Milana, but it's fine. Damn. She likes thick Milana. She's going to keep me thick. This is a bitch that's going to keep me thick. She's going to no, keep I, me. No, I, I'm the she's way I tell me when like, I'm looking overweight. She's just going to no, make you look good, no, girl. No, I tell you the way I do that is by saying, no, like you still need to do strength training, like this amount of like days. You sure. can't just do like strength 
changed because when I was doing Orange Theory and I was going like six times a week and I looked at a picture of myself before I was like damn I was so and I'm tall so like I was just like straight skinny like lost curves like kind of looking like for a second there like a little like sickly like my face was skinny so I like now like a mixture of like no you look great muscle now like I was super I go that was too much cardio like you have to find a balance yeah yeah yeah. that's why I'm happy we have Tony that's great but yeah yeah, this weight loss is no joke so if orange theory closes like every day I pray that like it doesn't because um yeah I I I really feel safe there no yeah me too the 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 equipment is like more than six feet apart the treadmills, the rowers, the weight stations, every station gets wiped down. You don't even like touch anyone. You're never close to anyone. You don't go to the next station until everyone from that past station has been like moved over to the side. It's actually super, super. They check your temperature. They give you hand sanitizer. They give you wipes. Like it's really masks, honestly, masks yes, mask. Like, it is the safest one. place I've been. Everyone wears their mask the whole time. So I feel really safe going to Orange Theory. It's outside. So I'm just like. I hope they keep that open because if not, like, I, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might actually go crazy. So that's really the only thing that um, I have to say. I am on my weight loss journey now. And um, I know you guys are probably fucking rolling your eyes so far back behind your head. But listen, everyone has their own journey with their body. So, like, let me just be my fucking five-foot-ass short self complaining about my 15 pounds because I'm allowed to because – because they're 50 pounds on a five foot person. One of our like uh, friends who's also a trainer and we've worked with like when we were filming for Noir Notebook, there was a video where he was like, yeah, if it like takes you three months to gain weight, like it ta- it's going to take, it- you should expect that it takes you double. Look at her. She's like rolling her head. It's true. It, sh- it takes you double the time to like yes. work to lose the weight. So it's like if you gain weight. Especially th- as and- you get older. Yeah. yeah. So if you took you three months to gain weight, like Six expect months. it to be six months to get it off so she uh-huh. was like and I told her that I was like she I was like yeah like around this time of year like you'll get to where she's like what and I'm like yeah remember KT said shout out KT Brotherhood he's a trainer <laughs> in the valley he was like no yeah he's like and I remembered that and that's true I was like it's no he's true. so right I, like, I, I realized because also I turned 30 my metabolism is just not the yeah, same anymore I'm having a harder time to losing weight so I'm not gonna be where I want to be until June and you know what that's fine that's okay it's just in time for my birthday and because 30 didn't really count clearly. yeah um she's gonna throw herself another a 30th birthday party yes too. round two so yeah anyway that's that um what else i don't really there's not that much in bts but i do have to talk about daylight savings because what the fuck is going on it has this is like something else they no, it is us. something else. This no, isn't yeah, real. I agree. Some weird shit's going on because I I remember daylight savings and this isn't it. This is Me like too. weird. Like why is it dark at 4 p.m.? And not even that. I'm sleepy. Like I am, I want to go to, like I look, I'm like, oh, it's six, like I want to go to sleep. I look at the time, it's like 6.30. I'm like, what the fuck? So it's, it's something in the air. It's not only the darkness. It's like they're trying to put us to sleep. No, why I, though? No, it's so weird. Why? It's literally sunset is like, it's like four, four something. So it starts getting dark around four and that's like less than half of the day. Like it'd literally yeah. be six o'clock. It's pitch black. Like you're driving and then plus like we're inside. So like there's not much to do. It's like, I, I guess like if more people were working their regular jobs, like they would be driving home, like their schedule would still kind of be the same. But yeah. I think because like everybody's schedules is off, it's like really hitting hard this year. And like, of course, like, you know, the sun and like, 
it has, it gives you like energy and like light is very like, you know, when you like live in Alaska, my sister lives in Chicago and like, it's so gloomy and like, it makes you really tired when tired, there's no it's sun. It's a little depressing. Yeah, it's depressing yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, you know what else has been putting me to sleep? My book club. <laughs> Oh my god! So I'm now in two book clubs because obviously I have nothing better to do. Like, what am I doing with myself? But I am in two book clubs, and so one of them is the digital one. It's from you know it started with Lena and I reading a book. Then a few of your of the listeners were like, I want to join. So you know we have this digital one that I'm still a part of. We we're just finishing our last book of the year, and then I have another one with a close group of friends that we meet. It's like a group of under ten girls. We meet and recap a book every month. So um, I've been reading a lot, um, but I I think I'm going to read these last. Last two books by myself this month. She's just selfish. Go, She's just like, no. I just want to go at my own F pace. Y'all. Read these I two books. I saw them in her room today too and I like side-eyed them. I was like, what are those? Well, I'm not going to, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to tell you because you're not going to finish a book with me. You're yeah. over me and my reading. So she's, yeah, no, it's really good going at it. She, so you're going to read four at one time. What, what, no, no, no. I'm going to, I'm done with the book clubs for this year. Oh, so, like, she'd be I'm, done with yeah, you guys. I'm, I love you guys. I'm done. I'm going to finish these two books on my own. And then January, we'll start a new book. So this is for my digital book club. The other one with my friends is private because it's so small and we meet in person. So the, the digital one, if you're interested in starting a new book in January, please DM me. Um, we, I'm not sure what we're going to read. Usually I pitch like three books and everyone kind of votes. So I, I kind of want to read Obama's book, but it, it's really long and I know it's not for everybody. So I might just have to do that on my own. But DM me if you're interested in joining the digital book digital book club. Um, and I will add you into our group in January. Um, and hit me up with book ideas, you know, like book club ideas, book reading, reading books, book. <laughs> hit me up with some fucking books. Why can't I talk? With book ideas. Hit me up with some books. Okay. Thank hit you. Hit her with a book. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I kind of want to talk about something a little serious. Um, I, we've been seeing a lot of these videos of people, uh, being kidnapped, people going missing, um, you know, and a lot of it is kind of associated with like sex trafficking. And I, we watch these videos and we're always, you know, like trying to be aware, but, um, I have had somebody come up to my window, four different people, four different times in like a month and a half. I'm not necessarily saying all of these people are trying to kidnap me, but it has been very strange that it's happened it's never happened, and all of a sudden it happened four times in a short amount of time, and these people are really, like, aggressive. The people that have been coming up to my window, they are not homeless, and they are not asking for anything. It's kind of like a weird glance and asking me to roll down my window. Someone tried to open my door, um, and one of the experiences in particular really kind of scared me. I was leaving a friend's house in the evening, and um, it was a dark street in Koreatown, and uh, I get in my car, and I, ladies, like, I do this all the time, so I just want to remind everyone to do this. It's serious. I don't get into my car until I check my back seat, um, make sure no one's there. So I do that. I get in the car, and I immediately lock my door. The one thing that I don't do, um, which is now I've learned to really just stop and fucking go, I always get on my phone, whether I'm looking for directions, connecting my car, my phone to my car, um, answering a text back or whatever. I kind of sit on my phone for a little bit, and I think that that is a mistake. Try to... Get your navigation going before you get in the car. Um, do it quickly. I, I don't know, but don't sit on your phone in your car. Um, but do those things. Check your back, you know, your back uh, seats. Lock your doors when you get in. 
and kind of go. I really recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I have a bad habit of sitting down too. And on it your, just, yeah, and it that, just those opens are the up moments, a lot of opportunity, opportunity for someone to just come. Exactly. Like, um, and that's what happened. I get in my car. It's dark. I get on my phone and I'm looking at my directions. I'm responding to a text. I look up from my phone and I and I see a guy walking um, towards me and towards my car. And he's looking at me like he's really looking into my car, like looking into my car. And then I'm like, oh, maybe he's just walking by. I don't know. Then he comes right next to my window and he's looking at me and it's the weirdest glance. I, I, I can like close my eyes and see his face. He's like looking dead into my soul and he has this weird smirk on his face and he's looking at me and he's telling me to roll down my window and I'm like confused. Like I'm just like, what? No. And he's like, roll down your window. And I was like, oh fuck. And so I just like, thank God there was no car parked in mm. front of me. So I, you know, I didn't have to like hit anyone or hit him. I was able to just kind of like swerve off and I like sped off because he started grabbing my um my car door uh my handle and I sped off and he starts flashing next thing I know I look at my rearview mirror he's flashing my car um and I thought that maybe it's the neighborhood security I didn't I just kind of sped off I ran a red light turned the corner I call my friend I'm like hey do you have neighborhood security she's like yes and I'm like does he look like this guy and she's like I'm pulling out of the parking lot now I'll look and she pulls out she's like no he's not in uniform and that's not our neighborhood security. it's not either of the two neighborhood security guys I don't know who that is and I started freaking out because I've heard and seen different variations of people you know being kidnapped and one of them is somebody comes up and they distract you and then they alert someone else to come get you so I all I can think about was who was he alerting with the flashlight who's flashing my car uh thank god I sped off and ran a red light and turned the corner like I was gone but yeah it could have been really bad so just a reminder, it's real out here, like for real. When you get in your car, check your back seat, lock your doors, get the fuck off your phone and just go where you need to go. Um, and also when you're, you know, walking around late at night, look over your shoulder, have your pepper spray. I have pepper spray and a taser now. Shout out to Ari. Thank you. And I'm prepared, but like just be ready and don't be distracted when you're walking, when you get in your car, just kind of be alert and just just so that you know you think one that happened in koreatown happened in downtown happened in the valley and somewhere in west hollywood the four times it's been four different times and these aren't like you know bad or sketchy neighborhoods and twice it was in broad daylight so and we keep seeing these videos happening in broad daylight in parking lots i would also say like this is kind of in like i don't mean to offend anyone but also if you're like a smaller girl like it's easier to get you like I never really experienced that because I'm like almost six feet I'm pretty tall and kind of commanding like it's gonna be hard to like grab a hold of me so I don't really experience that but it makes like a lot of sense for like I mean and you see it and if you like research and read about this like to grab like a smaller girl like or woman so if you are like like, literally snatch you yeah Yeah. like it's just gonna like it's more difficult so if you are of a smaller size like unfortunately that's the case but I would even be more like hyper aware because like I don't really feel like you know what I mean like people really approach me just because it's and then like I think my family members up to my brother told me this like it'd be harder to like 
grab me. So just, and even yeah, like, you're 100% right. Close like your, like, z- I have a really bad habit of having like my purse open and mm. like zip up your purse. I'm mm. like, I don't know. Maybe you can, Milana, like, kind of give your opinion on this or if you've heard anything. I don't know if you're supposed to hold your keys or not hold your keys. Cause I thought they said, like, if you hold your keys, then they can like snatch your keys. But I also, I thought you're supposed to be ready to quickly get in your car. Got it. Um, I don't, I know. don't know about that yet. So my keys, like, it's, I don't have, I don't have to put my key yeah. in. So because of yeah. that, I don't really, all I have to do is just open it and get in and, and I would just don't start. make it super aware that you like have like for example the point I'm trying to make also is like you have your phone out your keys out like even if someone wants to yes. like steal your phone or like steal your car or god you know and god yeah. forbid like kind of hold them and have them ready for you but don't make it apparent that like you have all these things like easily like to be easily taken from you so like yeah. Have get your doors like don't oh I think this is also what I heard like don't unlock your doors when you're too far away from your car yes. I do that like I'll because it start, gives people opportunity to get, get in yeah you're or, right that's yeah a good point. that's the one that I yeah. remember like because I have a really bad habit also of unlocking like if I, my car's far away like I'm unlocking it like super far away also if I'm trying to find my car but also another point is if you unlock it and your lights flash like people have know that you're unlock it or they know what car you're about to get into and so they, so as, they either yeah, like kind of like hover uh, or they or they like go on the other side and they they kind of duck and as soon as you get in your car they get on the other side of the car yeah, yeah so don't a like a lot of opportunity for uh, if I'm looking for my car I would do that or like even it's yeah. just a bad habit so I've like as I've grown older I not I don't do that it's really unfortunate that we yeah. have to think about this, you know, kind of stuff, especially us as women. Um, but it is real. So and also, it's better to be prepared and, you know, yeah. aware. I wanted um, to also say this is like gas stations are like a very vulnerable yes, for women girl. that I've. Yeah. Yes. So, like, if you're going to, I don't know, if you're going to stand outside, like, again, a bad habit, sometimes I leave my door open if I'm like trying to get, like, if I'm getting my wallet or I'm trying to get something, either, like, my opinion, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, is either get out and close your door and lock your car, or if you're going to put your gas in your car, I don't know, or, then or get in, in your car and then lock, lock your car. Like, don't wait, be yeah. in the middle halfway. Like, Got decide, it. are you going to stand outside? That's a good point, And yeah. again, like, someone may have a better plan than me, but, like, maybe you shouldn't stand outside. I don't know. It's true. So either stand outside, like, don't have anything important that someone can take, like, don't you know what I mean don't have yeah. your purse out um conceal it if and like of course like another thing is like don't keep your purse in your car because like let's say my your purse is on your like passenger side and someone sees it they could be like unlock your car like I want your shit so like don't leave things out too much in the open oh. is my point for yeah. a tall person you thought a lot about this I mean I don't know I just know a <laughs> lot because like you know more so about stealing I know like yes. I'm I'm very aware of things about people stealing mm-hmm. but not about someone trying to like kidnap me or like yeah approach yeah. me to try to do like something to me but more so like yeah people will steal like easy yeah um so be safe out there ladies it's crazy world um and the last thing that we're going to talk about in bts is that lena and i or noir notebook productions our company is giving away winter kits for the homeless community in los angeles um we actually you know decided that we were going to do this on our own we were going to purchase all of these items and do at least minimum 50 home you know kits but then we were like you know what what if people want to sponsor a kit um or donate money so we opened it up and you guys have been you know, great so far. We we've uh, we have a lot of donations, and we're gonna just kind of keep 
pushing to raise money um, and we're still accepting donations for another like maybe week or two and then we're going to start prepping the kits in time for Christmas and these winter kits include uh, blankets, warm blankets, socks, uh, beanies, warm gloves, a hygiene kit, face masks, obviously because of COVID, hand sanitizers, waters, and snacks. So um, that's what yeah, your it, $20 it all- donation can do for one Kit. Yeah, it only takes $20 to, mm-hmm. um, to provide uh, one kit. So, you know what I mean? We, like, did the math and calculated it so far. We have, we, like, posted it yesterday, and we got 600 donations in, like, the first day. So um, we're definitely, we want to see, like, how much money we can get. So if we can increase the amount of kits, like, great, we, yeah. like, our goal was 50 kits. But now that we see, like, you know what I mean? We're utilizing like a lot, like most of them, I would say 90% of the donations are from people we know personally, but um, we're going to keep promoting it. Like Milana said for a couple of weeks. And if we can increase the amount of kits from 50 to um, a hundred, that would be be great. great. Yeah. Yeah, This is like Milana's idea. And she's done like a lot of work with like homeless in the last couple of years, like with like food, um, passing out like food. What is it called? Um, The lunchbox. Yeah. Hashtag lunchbox, union rescue mission, a lot of stuff. I and have this a was, soft spot in my heart for the homeless community. Yeah. And yeah. and this is like, it's been really cold this year. Like mm-hmm. the, and, and like, that's the funny thing about LA. Like it could be warm in the day, but that, yeah, the weather drops. So it's super cold These for them. People are outside and, yeah. and people give out food, which is great. Yeah. Everyone always needs food. Yeah. We were, um, and people give a lot of food away during the holiday season. But you know, we were like, well, trying to think of something. Yeah, what else can we do? And it's freezing. So let's, you know, let's kind of give them something warm and something else. And we're going to include snacks and stuff, but we think that that would be, I don't see a lot of people giving away winter kits or things like that. So, and it'll come with like masks and hand sanitizer, which I know it's like probably hard for them to get a hold of as well. So during COVID, they also are like a community that's like hit hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you find find it in your heart to donate. Please do. I'll include everything in the episode notes um, below. And it's all the information is also on our Instagram at Noir Notebook. So follow us and to keep yeah, up with the with this entire, I don't know, do we call it a project? Uh, yeah, a program. A or... program. Yeah, just follow us and keep up. We'll be posting pictures um, yeah, when we... so that you know your money is obviously not going to waste. Um, and, yeah. Well, like kind of like our process along the way, yes. like when we purchase things and like we're going to try to – um, not like too much, but just like show like, you know what I mean? The, the process of giving them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just going to say, yeah, we're accepting donations, um, on cash app, Venmo, PayPal, or Zelle. Yeah. And it's all like through our business as well. And then, um, we're putting that aside, uh, to like create the kits and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, if you could donate, that would be great. And thank you to those of you who already have. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, all of we our friends. We see like you. We're friends. keeping track of you. Yeah, and family. Thank, you. Yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. And that's it for the BTS segment. All right, guys. So we're going to get into the talkworthy segment. Um, so I'm not necessarily covering things that are going on this week because I'm pre-recording this. So I'll talk about a few things that have happened um, the past couple of weeks. So let's start with a COVID update. Um it's still real. Hasn't gone away. Has not gone away. Um, there have been about 1.4 million 
deaths worldwide. I'm not talking about the cases. The case is like almost 60 million. I think it's at 58 or 59. But the the death count has reached 1.4 million worldwide. Um, that's a lot. It's been, you know, hasn't even been a full year yet that we know of. Um, and LA County actually has over a million cases and there have been 18,700 deaths, probably more by the time that this podcast comes out. Um, so it is real. Uh, I have a great aunt who passed two weeks ago due to COVID in Armenia. Um, she was also older, but it was in fact that. And I think what's interesting is, you know, the first time around when we had the stay at home order, a lot of us didn't really know anybody that had, um, that had COVID then in late May and early June, Mm -hmm. when people started, you know, like we decided it's over, everything started opening back up. Second round, I knew about 10 people who had it almost instantly. Um, and Lena, you do too, right? Yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I also know someone um, who passed away from COVID. I mean, now it's like a couple of people that I like, not that I know them personally, but whether I've seen them on Instagram um, yes. through someone like I knew through like a few connections. Um, and you know what I mean? Personally, people who have died from it and just, it's now more common that people have it. Like it's just, it's entered a new phase where it's like normal now or it's common that people have it and they've they've been okay. Yeah. I know someone very close to me. They ended up in a hospital, but they're fine. I know someone else very close to me who didn't go to the hospital, but they were at home Mm -hmm. pretty fucked up for a good two weeks. So yeah, people are getting it. A lot of people are surviving it, but People are getting it and it is real yeah, I mean, and people are dying. I mean, we don't like, we don't know a lot about it, but I think the one thing you can kind of really say is like, yes, if you are older, have a pre-existing condition, you are more at risk to die from it. Yeah. If you're uh, younger, if you're younger and healthy, then you have the stamina and the immune system to be okay. But definitely it's just like a different phase. It's like, I feel like now we have to look at it in like phases and like, you know what I mean? I think a new phase that I think Milana is going to touch on a little bit is like them trying to put out the vaccine and stuff like that. So yeah. So I don't even get the flu shot. So for me, getting this vaccine is going to be, you know, it's going to be a little rough for me personally. I am not an anti-vaccine person. I think some vaccinations are absolutely necessary. Um, and I, I, I get it, but, um, I need more information here. Have we tested it on everybody? Pregnant women, people with autoimmune disorders, mm-hmm, somebody like my point. father who has really high blood pressure. Do we know how this affects everybody? Um, I don't think we do. So that's a little bit problematic for me. Also, I'm not interested in being a test dummy or like a guinea pig. Um, it's like the new iPhone, right? You get it. There's If you get the first round, there's always a glitch. So like I'm a little bit hesitant of being the first person in line to get this vaccination. I just need a little more information. Um, maybe I mean, a couple more people to get the vaccine. First. I mean, I <laughs> who, also... Who, who are willing... Okay. Yeah, yeah just, there are a lot of people who are willing. There's um, a lot of people. I know people yeah. who are like, I'll be the first one there. I'm over the shit. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Let me know how it goes. Let me know how yeah. you feel after. I also don't, I've never taken the flu shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not a big vaccine person. I don't really like to put like foreign substances yeah. in my body, but um, I understand the need for the vaccine. Yes. Again, I think I'm just with Milana. I think I just need a little bit more information. And 
yeah, this might be like an unpopular opinion. Maybe I'll regret saying this. I think the people who want to take it should take it. And the people who don't want to take it shouldn't take it. Like, I feel but like I'm with you. On but that. some people, I feel like Milana are going to say like, you're spreading it and, and you're you selfish. Can, yeah. Like, yes, I get that. And too. I think it's just, it's just a very, um, what's the word controversial issue because it's like, I don't want to be forced to like, or you know what I mean? Take something I don't want to take. But at this, and I, at the same time, I think there's a difference between like negligent. I think, yes, we can still, there's other ways to implement like safety and like lessen the probability of spreading it. But like if a big portion of the population like wants to take it and that will curb the, like the, the spread and some people don't, I mean. Yeah. I, and I, and you're right. I think a lot of people are going to have something to say to that, but I agree with you. We've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. So we don't, none of us really know how to react, what to think, what to do. And that is also my first thought too, um, as crazy as that may sound. Like, if you want to take it, take it. If you don't want to take you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to feel pressure to take something that I don't have information about. I Like I said, I don't even, like, I don't, I don't even, I haven't been on birth control. I don't, like, take the flu shot. I mean, like, I barely take ibuprofen except when I'm on my period. Like, I, for me to put a vaccine in my body... I need this to be like some and solid I just feel shit. Like, I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like they're rushing the shit out of 100%. this. hundred like, percent. It's this so is not, weird. Yeah, it's really weird that they're I like. Get the, I get the necessity for it. Yeah. However, like, yeah. I, I just, I don't. I, I don't I'm, feel safe getting it. Yeah, I feel a little ignorant to the process too. It's yes. like in England, they're like trying to like, so what if England gets a vaccine? Are we like implementing that vaccine in the US? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like different universities and countries are all like trying to create a vaccine. So I don't understand like how it's going to work. Yeah, are we like, all competing? To, like, are yeah, we, like, this vaccine's better than this vaccine? Or you should try England's vaccine, but not France's vaccine. Yeah, it's I like, don't. Yeah. Whose vaccine just, do I take? Yeah, it's just a little bit weird. I feel like, I mean, it's very vocal that like by these officials that it's rushed and and that mm-hmm. like it usually should take longer and so i'm like are they compromising something by rushing it so fast yeah. i'm like this is just weird to me and yes. they're like oh yeah we're going to have it in like the next couple months and it's like it's just yeah it's a lot um and aside from the vaccination and aside from you know obviously people getting covid um i think that we are now I, I first i felt kind of hopeful because when you know we went into quarantine everything closed down People were freaking out about their businesses. We got some aid. Some people, not everybody. People, you know, were fortunate enough to get aid from the government to kind of, you know, hold themselves up and hold up their business for a little while. Now we opened back up and people started working again. And now the restaurants are closing back down. Um, And, you know, I don't know if restaurants, salons, gyms, I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain this round two. Um, I don't know how much, you know, aid the government is going to give. I don't even know if they have enough money left. Um, and we've already seen businesses slow down. I mean like clubs, for example, playhouse. I thought I would never see the day that playhouse would close. And you know, going out in LA and clubs, there's a lot of options, but I feel like playhouse was kind of like in and out. Where it's like, it's not the best club, you know? It's like not the best burger you're ever going to have, but it's the most consistent one. Like, I felt like when you go to In-N-Out, you know exactly what you're going to get when you go there. And you're never really disappointed. So with Playhouse, I felt like every time I went there, I know it's not the best club, but I was never left disappointed. I always knew exactly what I was going to get. It was consistent, you know? And they were open for 11 years. That is a long time in LA for a club to stay open. 
all of these clubs, they come and go. They get, you know, rebranded, renamed. So they get bought out. They become something else like Greystone, Nightingale, Supper Club, whatever. whatever. Playhouse has been open for 11 years. I have spent my 20s. Milana is very close to Milana's heart. It is. It's actually so sad. I was like, she was like, I'm going to talk about this. And I'm like, really? My 21st birthday, (laughs) all of my birthdays I spent at Playhouse. And it really, when they closed down and they made that announcement, it really felt like, you know, the end of an era. Like, oh shit, I feel like an adult. And hopefully, you know, we, we don't see more businesses closed down because, yeah, people are out of work. It's not easy. Um, but... I don't know. I don't really know what to say except that hopefully this next round of stay at home or don't go out as much or curfew at 10 uh, will help the numbers go down a little bit. Um, I think they also were kind of, I don't know, this is why I think they, because we've been open for a while, but we saw the surge in cases like in the last few weeks here in November. So I feel like, because I do remember them mentioning that the cold weather was going to affect it. And I think that's really what it was. And I think... I think it wasn't the fact that we're open. I think people got comfortable and like people were like gathering and really like large groups and just, you know what I mean? Doing that kind of thing. Because we've been open in this capacity for a minute now. Mm -hmm. But I think people just got too comfortable. comfortable. And I I mean, it's crazy. It's human nature. Like, you you want to be around people. And like you just like, of course, like when there's none of these implementations, people get comfortable after a certain period of time. And you know what I mean? It's kind of interesting, the control. And it's like, oh, no, now we got to like shut down again because you guys can't like. Act right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, we'll keep you updated here at Starring Milana on this COVID journey. Um, What else has been going on? So social media updates. Um, This Instagram update, I can't get with it. What is happening? It is a fucking shopping mall on this app. Like, (laughs) I don't know how to find anything except things to purchase. Like, I don't even, like, how do you upload a video or a picture? Um, Where are your notifications? I don't even see who follows me. At this point, just DM me if you followed me so that I know that you followed me. It is so frustrating. And then Twitter went and got stories. I don't hate it, but it's like, I already have Instagram, so like I'm not going to post on there. But I think that it's a gateway into like more problematic things that Twitter will add. And I think that when apps start doing too much, people don't like it. They don't want to, and I get it. People, social media apps and companies do this because they want to keep people on the apps longer. So Instagram is like, oh, let's first of all, make money. Let's go shopping. But also, (laughs) um, let's keep people always on here. So like, oh, here's something else you can purchase. Oh, here's someone else's profile. Oh, here's this. Twitter. You're going to type something and leave and go to Instagram to see what people are doing. Not anymore. You're going to stay on your you know, account and you're going to look at stories. You're going to post stories. So I understand the need to kind of spend more time on the app. But I do feel like it's a gateway to like other shit. Like I don't know what else Twitter is going to start at. Like photo albums. Like what are we going to do? I think it's becoming too complicated. And they're just now like at this point doing anything they can to like I don't know a lot of people are upset about the um so like the Instagram update like that kind of stuff never never bothers me it's very easy the notifications are the heart in the top right hand corner because now it's like it's like not this person liked your photo you don't even see it individually it's like a pile of fucking people 125 people have well that was from before that was like an update from before but it's still new yeah and the one thing too is like when you swipe away from a picture like usually it was like a refresh but then like the picture goes back into the grid yeah it's just like weird i mean 
people don't like change and yeah i'm not interested you remember when snapchat did that change and it ruined the app i again i wasn't one of those people that was super like pissed i mean like I guess, are you kidding me that was the worst it was update an app has ever done you can't even find your friend's stories anymore yeah yeah i totally i think subconsciously it made me get off the app yeah i, I, have, really, I don't use yeah. it I use it for a filter i literally go yeah. on snapchat for a filter i accidentally and then i download it and i upload it on instagram yeah, and i accidentally posted on snapchat the other day and i got these all these dms i was like oh fuck people still use this shit yeah <laughs> but i guess they do yeah i mean it's just yeah i I'm, mean it overwhelms me and it gives me anxiety i can't see everything yeah i'm not really here for it yeah i don't know um okay so the next thing i want to talk about is obviously the election happened while we were on hiatus so we didn't get to talk about it um as much i've stated this before i don't necessarily vote for a candidate i vote for the party and i vote for the party that whose values best align with mine and the things that i'm most pas- passionate about so that's you know uh, welfare programs, women's rights, uh, immigration, that kind of stuff. So obviously I'm going to vote more likely in the direction of the democratic party. And, um, you know, it, this hasn't been an election that many people are, you know, ha- super happy or proud about, except for the people that really wanted Trump out. Um, for the most part, I think that, um, I think that people are just kind of like, you know, what we've always said when you're voting in when, uh, politics, the lesser of two evils, right? That's really what you're voting for. So um, nonetheless, Joe Biden won. Pretty clear that he won. But the other side is screaming voter fraud. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about right now is is the problem and the danger in saying things like that. Um, I think that this country is probably... I don't really know how a lot of countries run their election process, but I do know like a few that run their countries like a dictatorship where they kind of just decide who's going to be the next person to be president. Or if, you know, if you're in Russia, you just decide that you're going to be president for as long as you want to be. So, you know, I, I don't know necessarily how other countries run their election process, but I think in the U.S. they have figured out something that works. You know, we might not agree with it all the time, if you win the popular vote, why can't you just be president? That is an argument that I've had for a long time as well. But for some reason, they figure that this works best. You know, you have the popular I mean, vote, you have the electoral college vote. I think that's vote. up for like debate or discussion, the it electoral is. college. But I mean, in terms of democracy and like voting somebody in, it, there is a system. It's yes. not a perfect system. It yes. does need like tweaking, but it's better than no democracy yes and that is i think what has been at risk in this election to throw out you know the words like fraud and everything that the other side has been saying is is scary because you you have all of these people now these citizens that are walking around town saying that the election has been rigged and to say that that means you're questioning our you know the sanctity of 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 your vote and that and what you're trying to say is your vote doesn't even matter because now we have fraud going on and that's gonna you know that makes people think like they shouldn't be voting um you know, that you actually don't have a, a voice. And I, and I, that's been like, that mis, that is a misconception that it doesn't even matter, but it does matter. And I think that people like, if you live in California, for the most part, you know that your votes are going to go towards a democratic candidate regardless. However, there's other things that you could be voting on and you don't know, like if Lena, me and 15 other people we know decided like, Oh, he's going to win anyway. I'm not going to vote. Imagine like a, that's our group of friends and another group of friends. And all of a sudden you have all of these people not voting. I think it's like the principle, like what 
what you're saying is like it's the principle of it and the principle of the matter and it's also like a habit like yeah like you're saying like one day like you know what i mean God, california could turn into a republican yeah. you know what i mean state but also we've like, had republican governors it's yeah. not un- unrealistic yeah. and if it happens it happens it's fine but the point is you should vote and there's also like local officials and like yes if you're like really care about things happening i'm trying to like choose my words carefully like around you and in your community and that directly affect you or causes that you care about like the propositions and Mm -hmm. you're like district attorney and your um uh, judges like those things like matter and a lot of people are just like unfortunately lazy and don't want to do like the research on it like milana and i like we always like prep for like an election we're like okay like we're gonna do research we ask each other questions we talk about it we try to figure it out we like have resources and people that we rely on that kind of like know a little bit more than us so like it takes a lot of effort and time and then like whether we're we used to you know what i mean used to go on the day of and vote but this time we both did like a mail-in ballot so like or i dropped oh we dropped ours off at a at a box so like you have to like care and take and like i think a lot of people i just like want to say like you say that you care about causes but like this is the way that you can actually like make change and enforce change yes is like by voting and doing these things so it's not just about the president it's about like other other things and if you care about a cause that doesn't affect you as for a different group of people then like for example like black lives matter like if you're like i went out and protested but i also backed it up with voting in certain like areas for that cause whether it's like for the district attorney or any those types of things so you have to like really like put your like words where your mouth is like you can't just say that you care about a cause and stuff Mm -hmm. you really have to like and it doesn't like and causes that again that don't directly affect you like that may affect another group of people that like need support so yeah exactly but Um, yeah to go back to what you were saying which is basically like the voter fraud and all these terms like they even like what I wanted to say is like they even say like stop the count yeah and then they're like count every vote like even Trump supporters at the time like didn't even know in two different states like what they were trying to say like that just shows you like the chaos exactly so much chaos and it's not supposed to be like this like we we know that this you know presidency has divided this country it took us back I feel like so many years decades backwards um and it shouldn't have been like this. And I think that uh, when we have something like, yeah, stop the vote, stop the count, don't vote, like whatever it is that they were saying, it's almost like you, this is what I don't understand. People on the right are so adamant about their rights, whether it's the right to bear arms, whether it's whatever the fuck, the freedom of speech, especially, I mean, both sides should be like, these are my rights. However, you're that adamant about it why are you on this side of the argument in regards to voting this is one of the ways that lena like lena said we can make change we can do something about it. this is our right as u.s citizens is to make just to vote for somebody who you want to be your president and for you to say that that it's rigged and it doesn't count and for somebody to go up and say no i'm gonna be the president again or i'm not gonna uh let him win or i'm not gonna leave the white house or whatever the fuck he was saying with his rhetoric if you're allowing somebody to do that then you are not no longer living in democracy you're just now living in what are the beginning stages of a dictatorship and that's terrifying so i don't know why 
people who fight so hard for their rights are okay with it. Yeah, I think also like because they they were saying stop the count and then count the vote. So it's like they want to count the vote in areas that it benefits them, and they want to stop the count in areas that don't benefit them. It's It's just like it's it's funny. Like what we look so stupid to other countries. Yeah, it's just obvious what the goal was. Like what they you know what I mean? They just wanted to do whatever that was going to keep him in the White House. Try a little harder to like be a little sneakier. Like this is like. It's just too out there. And him, like, you know what I mean? Donald Trump saying, like, not participating, I mean, in the transition is, like, really problematic, like, in terms of COVID, like, how, like, prepping the new president on what's happening and, like, that, again, that whole transition, like, finally he uh, agreed and cooperated with the transition, but, you know what I mean, he didn't concede, he tried, like, they recounted the votes, there was no, oh, the one main point I wanted to drive home was, like, there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud. At all. Like, nowhere, like, and this was the problem, like, they People were saying- People are just screaming it out of nowhere because someone And said it's like, it. like, you know what I mean, Some, someone who cries like wolf, or yes. like, that's crazy, like, that's, yes. like, Milana was saying, it's really problematic because, you know what I mean, the- like it's ironic because in the last election we had foreign entities, you know what I mean, affecting our democracy. So it's Don't like think we forgot about that. Okay? Yeah, like so we need, you know what I mean, to to kind of like deal with everything in the correct manner. So when do when things do happen in you know what I mean, not the right way, and things are being interfered with democracy, then we know how to attack it. But if it's yeah. you know what I mean, if it's basically someone making up lies and there's no evidence just because like you're upset and you didn't get what you wanted like you're just it's another distraction we need to go back to how the u.s was in regards to uh diplomacy and just i feel like we are so vulnerable now to any country coming in and attacking us in in any way whether that is like cyber whether that is wherever it's like we're there's so many cracks now in our system for anybody to come in and fuck with this country and that is scary to me i think that when when you have somebody who's not uh, cooperating with a smooth transition when you have this much resistance on you know on one end it is a problem not only for what's going on in the White House or in politics, for us as individuals. So I think that we need to be aware of that, that this is not, this person and, and this and this, uh, this this group of people, this um, cabinet is not looking out for your best, your well-being. They're not looking out for you. And that is scary to me because now we don't give a fuck about the the citizens. Now we don't give a fuck about the people of this country. And now also it's out there on this open stage for the entire world to see and know when and how to kind of fuck with the U.S. if they want to. They know exactly where to go, where our system is broken, how to get to us. And also they're fucking laughing at us. So it's like, Let's kind of go back to where the things were a little more diplomatic. You know, do you think Obama wanted, was happy about passing down everything to Trump? No, but they did in a respectful way because that was the elected president of the U.S. at the time. So we need to have the same transition and we need to respect uh, the sanctity of the vote and um this country and everything that it stands for because at this point we just look like a hot ass mess yeah i mean michelle obama mentioned that like in her she, book, she yeah well she also like oh, posted wrote the caption i saw yeah, yeah. but posted on social media and she's pretty like diplomatic and kind of like not quiet and like 
You know what I mean? She's very specific and particular with her words, with her words yeah. and what she says and the timing of things. Yes. So like, I, like I said, like a year later, I'm sorry, not a year later, four years later, she speaks about an experience she mm-hmm. had four years ago and kind of how like she says, like, do you think I was happy? Like, do you know what I mean? It was very difficult for her, but that, you know what I mean? She spoke about what Milana's speaking about was like respecting democracy. And so it's interesting her perspective, like four years later to kind of, and she's speaking up a little bit more and being a little bit more direct with who she's talking about and what she's saying because it's necessary because things were being threatened at that time. So she kind of wanted to give an example to people. And it's like kind of like a lesson for other people that can trickle down into other parts of your like personal life, kind of like being, you know what I mean? Not getting what you want or, you know what I mean? And I think she used like her experiences to kind of say that really well. Yeah. All right, guys. So now we're going to go into the dropping gem segment. This is the last segment of the podcast. And for this week's dropping gem segment, um, I kind of wanted to talk about what's been going on in Armenia and the Republic of Artsakh um, and how it's personally affected my life and my family. Um, And I know that many of you have seen posts on social media uh, with like and also Armenian flags going around town on cars. Um, So I'm going to kind of just break it down the best that I can. I'm not necessarily an expert in everything that's been going on, but I want to give like a little bit of a background story and also related to my experience and my family's experience with what's been going on. Going on that's why I'm wearing this shirt today this was made by my cousin um, and his clothing line neon belly so shout out to you um, and yeah so let's just kind of get into this um, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of background information on the Republic of Artsakh or Nagorno-Karabakh I know you've seen both both written both ways but it's the same um, region so the Republic of Artsakh is a breakaway state in the South Caucasus supported by Armenia um, even though it's technically recognized as a part of Azerbaijan Um, however 99% of the population there is Armenian the language spoken there is Armenian everyone that lives there is basically Armenian I mean it's it was originally a part of Armenia there are you know churches there that go back hundreds of years before the country of Azerbaijan was even a country. So um, it technically is a part of Armenia, even though it's not recognized as so. Um, And for almost 30 years, there's been like a ceasefire between the Artsakh region and Azerbaijan because there was a war not maybe 30 or so years ago. um, And it was pretty bad. A lot of people died. So the country signed an agreement for a ceasefire to kind of let this region be a republic of its own so that, you know, Azerbaijan doesn't take any part of this country, neither does Armenia, even though most of the people there are Armenia, Armenian and it's supported by the country of Armenia. Um, on September 27th, Azerbaijan broke the ceasefire and they lar- launched an air and ar- artillery attack in the Artsakh region. Um, and then after 40 days of battle over this region and many, many lives lost, um, Russia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan signed an agreement on November 10th to end the war and split the territories between Armenia and Azerbaijan, with majority of the territories going to Azerbaijan, unfortunately. So, um, I know there isn't a lot of media coverage about this, um, and the president of Azerbaijan has claimed in, in his interviews that Armenians are the aggressors in this case and that they started the war. It's not the, it's not the case. I can tell you firsthand that, you know, the, the Azeri aggression that we've heard or seen hashtag is very real. My parents, who are both Armenian, 
were born and grew up in Baku, Azerbaijan. At the time, it was in like an international city and it was technically a part of the USSR. So they grew up there. There were many Armenians there um, and they spoke Russian in that country at the time. Um, and when they got married, they you know started their life together. They lived right on the beach. They had a great life. So in the late 80s and early 90s, a poke program broke out in uh, Baku, Azerbaijan and Sumgait and now it's known as the Baku and Sumgait programs where Armenians were beaten and they were murdered and they were expelled from the city um, and you know my parents were heavily affected by this my entire family was both on my mom's side and my dad's side because everyone lived in Baku at the time and, um, you know, some of the things that happened, for example, my mom was pregnant with my brother, um, rest in peace. Uh, he, when he, when she was pregnant with him, you know, she couldn't even go downstairs to the grocery store to get food because they would hear her accent and know that, you know, she's Armenian. So she, her neighbor who was so kind to get her food, she couldn't even, you know, go to a grocery store. My parents, uh, their apartment or their house door was marked with a red cross to kind of let everyone know that there's Christian Armenians living in that house, um, and that, that they were technically going to be a target. Um, uh, so that was really scary for them. My family used to sleep with boiling hot water on the stovetop and those like long barbecue, skewers um with them just to kind of in case somebody came in they would distract them with the water and hopefully defend themselves in in some way so my parents lived uh in fear my entire family did and it got really bad a lot of armenians were murdered um and so people started just fleeing baku as fast as they can my parents weren't able to sell you know their belongings their house nothing they couldn't all they took with them was baby clothes and some documents um they ended up on the back of a train on a 40-hour train ride to some small village in russia and you know my cousins for example uh ended up in a Russian tank um, and had to lay flat for hours on end to get to another village in Russia. So people were just kind of escaping and leaving however they could as quickly as they can. And my parents were fortunate enough to um, get out of there in time. But, you know, Russia wasn't their, their homeland. And my mom ended up giving birth to my brother. He died. Um, and when she was pregnant with me, she was eight months pregnant. She decided to go to Armenia to give birth to me because we knew a doctor there and then quickly went back to Russia. So my family lived in Russia for about seven years and we moved to the U.S. when we were seven um, under refugee status because time life in our, Russia was really hard at the time. So my parents and my family has experienced this um, Azeri aggression as we call it firsthand and I know that it's very real and um, you know this entire war again happening in Karabakh with this country and these people has been pretty traumatic for my family my parents um, for you know my second cousins who are enlisted in the army there um, and you know for my extended family who had to leave that region I have family who live there who had to leave that region and their house and everything um, when this when this war happened uh so that's a little bit of a backstory on uh my family and how we ended up here in the u.s everything happens for a reason i do believe that i always say that so i, I know that you know as unfortunate as it was for my parents to go through what they went through um it happened for a reason we are now here in the u.s 
Uh, I feel blessed to be here. This is a great country. Um, so yeah, but it is very difficult to see all of this happen again. Um, and this time around, you know, being my age, I now have a better understanding of what's really happening and, and how I feel. Um, I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm very proud to be Armenian. I think that Armenians are God fearing, generous, kind, family oriented, great people. Um, but I, for the majority of my life, I felt very disconnected from my culture. Um, and that's crazy because I'm one of the only people I know that was actually born in Armenia. None of my cousins, not my parents, not friends. Like I'm one of the only people that I know that was actually born in that country. And I feel, you know, I felt majority of my life very disconnected from my culture. I think that when we moved here to America and we were surrounded by Armenians, you know, we spoke Russian and I, I used to get made fun of that I didn't know the language. Um, and then when we moved to West Hollywood, I didn't really have any Armenian friends growing up. Um, so I just felt like I was always a little too outspoken or I just felt different. I didn't really feel welcome. And I think that, you know, for a long time, like I didn't attend the April 24th marches um, to recognize the genocide. I never really went. I felt like an, an outsider. And I think that a lot of it was all in my head. Um, but yeah, so I felt disconnected from the culture for a, a majority of my life. And I think this war and everything that's been going on has really made me, you know, sit down and reevaluate how I feel. Of course, I love being Armenian. I love my culture. And I think that this really opened up my eyes to how important it is to be proud and participate in your culture um because you know a country like armenia but that's so small um there's not a lot of armenians i mean there's more armenians living outside of the country of armenia than in armenia the possibility of you know somebody coming in and you know another genocide are very real so um that is kind of what you know woke me up, um, and made me reevaluate even myself and my thoughts and why I felt the way that I felt. Um, I think it's a normal to feel how you felt that, you know, you felt discon disconnected from like your culture because you know what I mean? You grew up in Russia for seven years and then you moved to the U S so you never really lived there. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like you visited like very often. No. I, yeah. I've probably been like four times. Yeah. So like, and I think this is like a good opportunity, like to also like get close to like the community here. I mean, I yes. felt the same way, like in the United States and in LA, I was born in the U S but I lived in Egypt for a year and I traveled there a lot and I lived in Saudi Arabia. Um, and both my parents are from different places. So like technically you're like a third culture kid mm -hmm. when you're both your parents are from different places and you grew up in another place. So mm -hmm. that's really common, I think. And a lot of people don't deal with that and it does affect you in ways that you don't really like realize yeah. like when you don't feel like you have an identity. But I think, you know what I mean? It was really, it's really important to kind of like try to tap into like your culture and you kind of showed up and really you know what I mean? She went, Milana went to like protest and like donated and spread awareness, which is like what she's going to talk about right now. And I think there's like a reason that all of this kind of like happened in this way. One thing when you were talking that I thought of is, um, Milana always tells me, I learn a lot about Armenia. Actually, she's very knowledgeable. <laughs> if she says that not connected, but she's yes. knowledgeable, like, and also knowledgeable just through 
learning, but also through like experience and her family's experience that she's, you know what I mean? She just told you guys, I've heard the story like many times and each time I learned something new or I like didn't hear something or I didn't catch something that she says and just- Oh, I'd be educating you, girl. Yeah, like just from (laughs) different, and like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm close to her parents. Like I learned things from her mom and her dad and stuff. So I really, it's- it's a it's not talked about enough but what i wanted to say was that you know like um when in church and stuff they talk about cuz so armenia was the first country to recognize christianity yes. like i've i learned that i didn't know that and i it's interesting because they have you know i mean they've been attacked so many times and it kind of reminded me like in church when you like have such a strong connection to god or like mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have like your faith, like the enemy attacks you. The enemy, the resistance. Yes, yeah, the exactly. Re- exactly. So like when she was even now, like again, I've heard this many times and she's speaking about it again. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like they were the first, you know what I mean? Why is this small country being attacked so many times and their, you know what I mean? Their culture and ethnicity and like language is being threatened yes. so much. Like this is they had like there was a genocide and like they tried like that's not recognized by a lot of like people and countries and then this is kind of like happening again it's like she spoke about it when it kind of it happened with her parents and then it's happening again like this is happening multiple times so for like the trauma of like her parents for like a reminder of what happened before and all the other people and then just the entire population where their initial genocide wasn't really recognized and now it's happening again it's just like a lot but it's it was like I learned a lot from it and I think yeah you you stood up and kind of represented your culture very well during this time thank you girl I appreciate that um I, I think that it's unfortunate that a lot of, of what was going on in our talk was overlooked um there was a lack of media coverage and I think for the most part it won't kind of unnoticed I think that a lot of you guys who are probably listening to this know because of my social media or maybe being in LA but for the most part it went pretty un uh un um reported and that is is scary and the you know the outcry for help and coverage from the Ar- Armenian community worldwide was obviously out of fear and concern for what would happen not only because of this region it would happen what would happen if Azerbaijan took control over this region and it's not only about Artsakh I think that because Turkey the country of Turkey backed Azerbaijan um in this war People were really, really freaking out because, you know, Lena mentioned it. There was a genocide in 1915 um, by the Ottoman Empire, which is now Turkey. um, And they killed over 1.5 million Armenians, um, took a lot of land. And so because of that, people, Armenians are terrified. This genocide is still not recognized worldwide. I think there's only a few countries that recognize it. And because it's not recognized, I think that it gives Turkey an opportunity or Azerbaijan an opportunity to repeat it. And that's why a lot of people were screaming the word genocide. So the outcry for um, help and coverage from the Armenian community worldwide um, was out of fear and concern for what would happen if Azerbaijan took control of this region because it's not only about this Artsakh region or this Nagorno-Karabakh region. It's because Turkey backed Azerbaijan in this war um, and Turkey is guilty of committing a genocide in 1915, you know, there's been reported that 1.5 million Armenians were murdered during this genocide. A lot of land was taken, and this genocide is not recognized worldwide because of Turkey's wealth and power. So I think only a few countries recognize this genocide. And the concern was that if Azerbaijan takes this region, 
then they they along with Turkey will eventually make their way into Armenia. Um, and how can this happen in 2020, right? Like we always hear history repeats itself um, and we learn and teach history so that these things don't repeat themselves. But when a piece of history like the Armenian genocide is not recognized worldwide then it's not taught and because it's not taught and it's not known it is in danger of being repeated so um this is why you know armenians protest every year they go to the turkish embassy um why a lot of armenians are fighting to get this genocide recognized um because as we can see now history is repeating itself in a different way technically by a different country but not really because we've already had problems with this country in the past but also because this country is now backed by turkey in this war so um yeah i think that a lot of armenians are exhausted we're tired i mean i personally felt like hopeless at some point i reached you know a level of like there's nothing i can do like i'm posting and you know we're raising money but like are we really even doing anything like this goes through your mind but you can't let those thoughts because then everybody would quit and everybody would just stop where they're at and be like, I did what I did. Like I can't even, it was so hard to even look at photos of, um, you know, just the graves of soldiers or, uh, some of these videos. It's very, very exhausting where, when it's like you feel it's so close to home, but you're so far away and there's only so much that, um, you can do. And I know that it felt like us against the world. Um, I know it felt like that to me. And it feels like the entire world kind of turned their backs on the situation. Um, but while we didn't receive me media coverage um, and support from other countries, we still, you know, have God and we have each other. Um, and most importantly, we have another day. So while we're here, we have the opportunity to raise awareness. We have the opportunity to teach people what's going on and kind of keep the spirit of the culture alive while we still can. I think that what we need to do moving forward is that we try not to live with this mentality of it's us against the world. No one gives a fuck. I think we need to use this opportunity to raise awareness and teach people who are not in our communities. I think a lot of us are so loud and screaming and telling people, trying to educate people, but we're educating the people that already know about what's going on. I think we, I don't have the answers and I don't necessarily know how we, we need to do this, but I think it's important to reach out and educate people that are not in your community, who are not necessarily aware of our history and the history of with these countries and that is the way that we're going to spread this information um, and, you know, and hopefully teach people about what happened so that it doesn't happen again. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of all, all that I have. I don't, you know, really know what to say, but let's be hopeful and, um, you know, let's continue to support these causes that support these Armenian businesses that are donating to um, Armenia Fund that are helping out the soldiers, help families out directly if you can. Um, I think that it's now it's important to see what the next steps are. A lot of the territories in that region now belong to Azerbaijan. Um, but now I think that it's important to, again, spread the history, teach people about Armenia, teach people about Artsakh, and also figure out how we're going to protect ourselves or fight next time something like this happens because at this point it appears to be that it may happen and if we don't have, you know, if we're not prepared with the weapons unfortunately or we're prepared with military aid or support from other countries then, you know, it, it could 
not be great for for the country of Armenia. So I think that moving forward, aside from obviously, like I said, you know, educating people in other communities um, and spreading, you know, this information, I think what's important is to continue to obviously donate um, to organizations that are going to help the country of Armenia and Artsakh with resources to, you know, for, for the military and also for the families and, um, um, and to the soldiers who have passed and their families. So that's kind of all we can do right now, I think. Um, and I will make sure to link out in my episode notes where you can donate if you are feeling, you know, inclined or feel it in your heart to continue to donate to, um, the Armenia fund. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that this really woke me up to kind of be loud and proud for my culture and, um, that, you know, it, it, we, we see what we can do when we come together. I think that's very important because a lot of money was raised. Um, a lot of people did a lot of great things. So there's power in numbers. And I think that um, we are more powerful together. So that was something that I learned personally for myself um, during this, this journey. And, you know, yeah, that's all that I have to say. Thank you for listening to the first episode of season four. I know it might be a little rusty, maybe a little long. I'm looking at the time going like, whoo, girl. An hour and 35 minutes. It'll be cut down. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. I'm excited to be back. As a reminder, there's a visual to this podcast, youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Make sure to subscribe. Um, If you are listening on the podcast app, those ratings and the reviews really, really help. So please make sure to leave a rating and a review. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and I'll be back every Monday. Hashtag Milana Monday. Um... And follow me on Starring Milana to keep up with my life. Follow at Noir Notebook to keep up with what's going on with this Winter Kids for the Homeless. And fa- follow Lena if you want to see her pretty face um, at mm. Lena Noraldine. And I think that's all that I have. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored that I get a permanent. Milana bought me a mic, you guys. Oh, yeah, I, was I bought this bitch a mic. <laughs> good with like being the, a co producer. Yeah. What the mic was using over there. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much. And yeah, please. Um, donate for the homeless and donate to the Armenia fund. I've donated and I also tried, you know what I mean? To spread awareness and kind of regurgitate the information Milana gives me to people and just, you know what I mean? Keep these people in your, um, prayers and in your thoughts and you know what I mean? Any small deed is like going to help. So a hundred percent. Yes. We'll see you next week. See you next week.